Newly stocked on the shelves is box number 512 with your hosts, Aeon and the Lioness, Black Trans Women, and Excellent and Defying All Life Expectations. The show begins now. Hey y'all, and welcome to episode six of Box Number Five Twelve Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am Aeon, and I'm the Lioness. Girl, girl. Okay, do you want do you want me to do my life update first, or do you want to get do you want to get to the good key key stuff first? Let's let's start with the key just to get them seasoned okay. in the mix and then we can go into our life update after. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Babyface versus Teddy Riley, bitch. Yes, let's bitch. start with the big news. So girl, bitch. what is your five? Like, it was okay, a key. so it was a real key. <laughs> it was the key before. <laughs> Teddy Riley, like, literally did pull out all the best of Bells and Whistles. He had a hype man. He had multiple mics. He had a whole system. But I don't think he understood how the internet worked. Like, bitch, how did you think playing it in the room wasn't going to create an echo? Right. Before before we get into why it was a key, let's just break down like what like what this little versus thing on Instagram is and then how we got to the, the babyface Teddy Riley matchup. Before we Will you really... tell them what it is, girl? So, because because everybody is quarantined, a lot of entertainers and celebrities are getting on Instagram and utilizing their Instagram lives to interact with their fans and really pass the boredom of the quarantine. So you have a lot of these music producers and songwriters that are getting on Instagram live with each other, and they're just having, like, friendly battles of, about who has the better hits and who wrote this and who wrote that and a person Ten second will... hot take. What do you think about it? Huh? What do you think about that phenomenon? I, I actually live for it. I think I it's cute. I, it I, think, yeah. I, think, I think it's cute as a music lover and as somebody that loves R&B and hip hop and who really has an intimate knowledge of producers mm-hmm. and certain sounds, especially from the 2000s and back where like when somebody when a producer produces a song it's a very distinct sound so just to hear people say this is my body of work i live for it so the first verses was versus timbaland and swiss beats it was a very high it was a very impromptu but it was a key and it started off these wave of producers like going back and forth and really just in the spirit of fun and the spirit of blackness and all of that we since have had bad, like versus battles between Neo and Johnson Austin and T Pain and Little John. So it's been very fun. So this baby face Teddy Riley thing, the people have been hyping this up for weeks. Of course, me being the lazy girl I am, I took a nap, so I miss everything. But how I found out about it is one of my girlfriends called me after I woke up from my nap, and she was just like. Bitch, did you see the babyface versus Teddy Riley Instagram live? And I was like, no, this thing. And she was like, bitch, it was a hot mess. <laughs> so as she's explaining it to me, I, of course I'm king, but I had, like, it's one of them things we had to see. So I'm on Facebook after I got off the phone with her. I'm like, are there links to this? Because now I want to see, I'm seeing that 
Teddy is trending on Facebook. Babyface is, I mean, trending on Twitter. Babyface yes. is trending on Twitter. So yes. bitch. And so on bitch. Google, bitch. It got real big, real fast. Right. So bitch, because I knew it was the key, I went to my local 7-Eleven, got my little snacks, got my little greenery, because I'm like, this is going to be a key. I need to be prepared. Bitch. Bitch, first of all, what took me out before it, before anything even got started, it was a couple of things that took me out pre. First of all, the the Instagram live comes up and it's just Teddy Riley with like this live band, like the the, the keyboard and the the drums and the flat the screen kit. TVs and the green screen, and I'm like the, the scratch table. I'm like uh, I'm like. Was this necessary? Did we like? It looked like it had a documentary crew, bitch. right? It's just, it's, <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's just like we are in we are in quarantine, right? So that that kind of was like okay. But bitch. then look, but here's the thing, sis. Here's the thing. So then I expected at that point, like okay, okay. I was like, all right, Miss Miss uh, Miss Teddy from the dancers, girl. She's she's going in, bitch. I was like, oh wait, I know this gonna sound key. Now, mind you, before it starts, you hear that it's a little bit of an echo, but I assume at some point he's going to put in a some kind of um, USB cord or something, and then the real show is going to start, bitch. So I'm thinking this is more for, like, shock and awe factor for entertainment value for the people. I thought that that would be, like, kind of muted, and then while the music played, and you would just see them in the background. You know what I mean? Right. So... But- but that wasn't it. Red flags were going off because in the back of my head, I'm like, we've seen this done multiple times before by other artists. So all of these things aren't necessary, but pay it. But bitch, right. what set me off, knowing that it was going to be a key at the end, was just seeing all of the celebrities like flood in the comments, giving like, this is about to be the battle that ends all battles. Like, this is really going to break the game. <laughs> Did you see Tyrese and Charlemagne the God and Tony Brown? Like, you just saying all of these celebrities. Oh, they're going like, in. Yeah. Angela Ross. I'm like, bitch, this is going to be a key because all of the girls are, all of the girls are here. So, bitch, so mind you, it was kind of an echo before Babyface came in, but I don't the the echo was still going on, and then Babyface came in, and then bitch, that's when shit really got shit just really went left. And the thing that was wearing me out was Teddy had like about three thousand people in the background assisting him, but like nobody had a phone to like read the comments to him to let them know that it's like we couldn't project the Instagram stream (laughs) to the the big plasma TV in the background. Or the the background, the little hype man background dancer couldn't have been of assistance and read. The, like, at what point were we going to read the comments? <laughs> but it was so. Then that was the gag of it, right? Like the fact that he had so many people and so many people fell so bad, right? And then the memes, girl. Oh my god, it was like they had a picture, <laughs> and, they, and they were calling. Oh. Um, there was the one where they were calling him a guard, a, um, a Gordon Gatrell. <laughs> there was another one where, where they were shown because they showed Babyface all composed and him all like extra turnt bitch and crazy. And then right. they had another one where it was like um 
I thought it was really funny. It, it showed like these elderly gentlemen, elderly black men, like sitting at like old. Oh, people I saw time. that one, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this is just Steve trying to figure out the technical <laughs> And they were clearly on like the whole gateway computers with the dialer. Right. It was so funny. So apparently, the so team with his sound was not only was he live on Instagram, but he was also streaming it on his like pay website, like. And I'm thinking, like, who the hell would pay to go onto Teddy Riley's website? I didn't even know he had a website. Who this is the sick part. Who's paying to go to a paid website when, when I, I can, can see it on Instagram, Instagram for free? <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> like, clearly nobody thought this through. Like, it's just like Teddy. Like, but what was really got me was the way it went. Like, so Teddy's on this one side of the camera, and he's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you, can, can, and, and it's like, no, bitch. We can't hear right. you. Like, and then what was amazing, too, was how composed Babyface was at the just in the video. Like, he was making him look so extra. Right. And I think Babyface walked off like, bitch, I got to go to bed. Right. It's like, girl, his <laughs> like, energy, he's already corona positive, girl. So his energy is in a daily cat, honey. That probably took him over the limit. Like, girl. <laughs> It's just oh. like, you know. He did that, zero convert to a corona positive, bitch. Right. So, bitch, you, yes, I'm clearly called. I'm, I, actually, this talking is wearing me out. Like, all of this. I was told I was pushing a button and looking cute. Like, you want me to do a lot of back and forth. Right, right. And then you then you get mad and try to blame it on baby face. Like, something like, no, sir, you are the only one echoing. Babyface is pressing the button and the music sounds clear as a bell, honey. No, that's He's not him. Babyface very much gave, like, he plucked his cell phone up to you. <laughs> like, Babyface was not bothered. He went, like, I feel like Babyface did his playlist on Spotify. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he just had him queued up on Spotify and was like, all right. So we're gonna play this one. Right, it's not like when in, in a situation where everybody was playing their music from a studio or from a car, music, like it's, this is just a lesson that sometimes, you know, just sing the song straight or just do, do the assignment. Sometimes, sometimes- Don't give me you, more than what I asked for. Just give right, me what sometimes I when you get out there and you do too much, that's how you end up embarrassing yourself. Like now, how did? Cause you know, did you watch the remake? The rematch? No, girl. You. you I didn't you even bother. Cause you, you only wasted my. You only get one time to waste my time, girl. I wasn't you impressed. Completely violate my time. Yeah. Right. Right. That's so no. Funny. May God bless them in their rematch. But I was not there. I don't want to see. I saw what I needed to see. I saw okay. what I needed to see. But that was a key. I was literally laughing all night from the memes. And it's just like, at what point did we not think to just like put a CD in a boom box and just keep it? Like we didn't need the keyboard and the little, the voice. Like at no point did, did this require you to perf actually perform the song, sis. Like we didn't. But that's when you know somebody hasn't been asked to do nothing. Like, you know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was like, oh, bitch, I have a booking. No, no, <laughs> you don't have a no, booking. No, you have a you have a slight little carry on the internet. Like, had he played it cool, right? He would have been able to debate. You would have got everything you wanted movie. and needed. That's all you because you have do. no shade. He has the hits to do it, right? So it was really kind of like, oh, really? No, but it was a lot of people saying that 
Babyface and Teddy should not have been matched up, and I get it because Teddy, I mean, Babyface does have like a broader, <coughs> like as far as his production credits and his his mm-hmm. his um, resume, it is broader because he's definitely done stuff outside of R&B. But I think it's fair only because they they came out around the same time, or they're they're contemporaries, even though Teddy is more. R&B hip hop exclusively like don't like don't get it twisted Teddy still had his reign and he was still the one and for him and I think go ahead no 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 I was gonna say and I think the reason why people were like people put well I want you to finish your thought first because I'm I have a different take on it no and I was saying for him if you really look at Teddy's career for him to go from group to group to group and to have success and like no shade, Teddy produced on a Michael Jackson album. Mm-hmm. Like nobody mm-hmm. will ever be able to take that away from him. So I definitely, I did see a lot of girls saying Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis should have been burnt. And mm-hmm. which I get because Jimmy Jam and Babyface, they're those type of the producers where they just have hits that just it span everything. Like and their hits hit up against each other a lot. Right, right. So I get it, so but. I- um, I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, so so I get it, but like, you know, I, even through all of the comicals and the keys, I still respect Teddy and his contributions to music and to Black culture, so that this will never take that away, but this was just a key. Agreed. And I think um, my thought with Teddy um, and, and Babyface, just my addendum to that was, I also believe that the reason why people were so aghast about it was because like when you, I think because it hit them in that same like pivotal point in their childhood or in their young adulthood. And like, it just, you you remember like the hits that they had and the places that both of their hits took you. So I feel like that's what people were going on when they were like, oh, this is gonna be the most epic ever. I feel like the only reason why people began to question it was after Teddy flopped so badly. And it was like, okay, girl, well, he wasn't properly matched. It's like, no, he was. Right. Cause no shade, he could have been able to really dance, baby face. Right. Like he really, no shade. He had the hits to really go hard, and he didn't. So it was just like, and part of it too is not that you have the hits; it's how you perform, it's how you do it, and the order you do your playlist, and what song. Like if they play a song, you have the capacity to be able to play anything against that song. So it's also about what you choose. And for the life of me, I don't even know why he didn't play Remember the Time in the beginning, girl, because that's like Listen, that is like, you could have shut it down. Right. And then we would have been like, ooh, no, that still don't be Remember the Time. That still don't be Remember the Time. Remember the Time, No Diggity, Rump Shit. Like, those are his key magnum that still slept to this day, no shade. And I think he, that was just, it was a few missed opportunities. And we don't know what he did in the rematch so girl he may have done all of that so we'll 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 i don't know if i'm gonna go back and watch it but right. i'll watch it i'll right. watch a response video right <laughs> that's why i know speaking of responses girl i want to know your thoughts so one of the things that i thought was interesting before you go into your icebreaker really fast one of the things i thought was interesting was um Bitch, I drew a blank on the podcast. That is rough, Miss Thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, let's just go into icebreaker world to come back. <laughs> okay, so I saw this question floating around and just just in the spirit of conversation and having a conversation. If you were in a relationship and shit was going south and you knew things wasn't going to work out, would you break up during during quarantine or would you wait till after the quarantine to break up with your um your lover? after because breaking up during quarantine is foolish because now we're here together looking at each other sideways and believe it or not i know that that might be emotionally maybe not the most honest but i feel like in times like this if you love the person at all you want to the goal for both of us should be to minimize the stress of us being in the house together right and so then this isn't even in my opinion the time for like really difficult conversations (laughs) like because it's everyone's going through people in their lives that are going through things and a lot of us are the even if we're not affected we're emotionally supporting people who are and Mm so we have even if we don't have people that are sick we do have family members that are in the medical field and we're worried about those folks so I feel like this is not the time to be snatching the rug from under people this is not the time to like have this. Because <laughs> <laughs> no shade. There's a reason why domestic violence is rising. <laughs> There's a reason why people are going through things at home because to be real, most people aren't even this much together as it is. And if you already, if, if you're not even with that person this often and you already feel like they, like you don't want to be with them no more, like and they already get on your nerves to the point where you want this to be over and they're contemplating doing it when you can't leave them bitch (laughs) i would i think that that's not the best strategy my opinion you should wait until you have the ability to like actually both parties leave in a successful kind of situation because if you care about somebody you don't want to put them in a situation where for the rest of their life it's like oh bitch in a pandemic this thing all right (laughs) so what about you to me, I think it depends on the nature of the relationship because <laughs> I'm a girl that definitely ended my situation like <laughs> when the quarantine was still fresh. But I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it fresh, though. When he could go I home. did. I did because I knew I wanted to be mentally stable during this thing and I didn't want to be teetering back and forth. And so it's just like, let's just cut this off now so I could be in the best best mental state I can be by myself. But I think yeah, it depends. Now, not but, to be real, sis, it, I would, my opinion would change if it was the beginning. But what were you saying? But I think it's different. I think it's different. If you're living with somebody, you might mm-hmm. kind of want to wait this out. It, even though it would be a lie, all things considered, it's all about trying to keep the peace until we ride this thing out and see where we where we end up and then hit it. But if you're a girl like I was in a long distance situation or even a situation where somebody is not living with you and you know, mm-hmm. and you know I'm very confrontational in the sense that if I feel something, this was like, girl, I don't care if it was fire and brimstone in the days. I'm going to need to retain as much personal internal peace as I can. And if that means I have to to ice you out and box you out because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'd rather ride out the rest of these days in a quarantine by myself in a in the best <coughs> state that I can be than mm-hmm. going back and forth, like fighting with you 
just about basic stuff. So I, I, I really think it depends on the type of relationship, whether you're living mm-hmm. together, whether it's long And distance. the circumstances around, and the circumstances around why you want to leave them. If you just, if the relationship has run its course, but you think y'all could leave amicably, um, yeah. But if, you, if you're in a situation where, you know, this could be a, uh, you may want to be strategic. I guess this is my advice. I don't think that anybody should stay in any situation that they're not happy in or they don't feel safe or fully embraced right. uh, in. But <clears throat> I think it's, this is a time to use strategy. And I think that you missed your window where you could have done it and it would have been like, they have a place to go. <laughs> like, so at this point, my advice would be, be safe that coin, bitch. Stack your bread. Or if y'all are in a situation where, you know what I'm saying, because I have, and I say this because I have friends, shout out to my friends that are listening, that have recently broken up with folk. And um, yeah, the conversations are interesting. Um, <laughs> interesting to say the least, because I feel like one thing I will say is times like this will expose the flaws in people. Like you get right. to see people who they are in the in the worst moments. And I feel like this pandemic has exposed some real bad holes in some of these friendships and relationships. And right. It's amazing to see things falling apart like this. It really is. But I feel like if it's a real relationship, be strategic. If not, pay it. Right. And I knew I knew for me, I was like, well, bitch, this is going to hurt because I really want to make this work. But what better opportunity? I have time to really be by myself and sit in the emotions and reflect and get me together so that when we come out of this, bitch, I'll be a better woman. Because it's like, I now, would, Is this your life update, Brianna? Because if so, I want you to unpack a little more for me. Well, um, this kind of goes into my life date because I kind of want to talk about my dating, going back to our trans women right, and right, the right, conversation. Right. But that, that was also part of the reason why I strategically chose to break up the, with the guy I was dealing with in the beginning because it's like, well, bitch, if you stay in the house for like a month to two months, girl, that's enough time <coughs> for me to personally get over it. <laughs> no shade. And true, it true, really true. it really only took me two weeks to get over it. And now I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to greener pastures and the end of this pandemic. Now, so that you so that the viewers know, and this is and this is I don't think you'll mind me sharing this nugget. Okay. Two weeks ago, my sister didn't just make the decision to break up with somebody out of the blue. Oh, it was and a that's process. Why, that's why she can say it only took two weeks to heal. She does have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> my sister had been unpacking this situation for a while. And she no, I broke up with this nigga like three times, up. girl. So it, yeah, it, it, took, it took some time to get away. So this was the final, okay, bye. Right, because she was she was giving him a real real shot, y'all. So I want y'all. Right. To my sister, I, wanted to, I wanted to be with his ass. I wanted I wanted him to be my husband. I wanted him to be the one. So I was willing to work with him and you know allow my heart to expand and you know. But he but sometimes sometimes you just have to accept when a man doesn't see that in you or he's just not willing to be vulnerable with himself and it's okay it's all right but it's it took me i took because because i am the type of girl or i have been in the past where i can end stuff prematurely and not really work on stuff so i've really within the past couple of years i've really been trying to work on it so that's why i did give him the three chances to get his shit together but bitch after that third chance i was like just like you know what this you know this is not i am not home for you 
and I need you to go find where your home is because I, I want my man to feel like he's at home with me. And Cliff, all right. you're, not, you're not feeling that. So I gotta. So I'm gonna. I, can I be Barbara Walters for just one moment? Right, right. Okay, I wanna ask you a question. So in unpacking this narrative, I think, you know, one thing that you are all, that you're confronting already is the myth that as a black trans woman, that somehow we are needy and that, you know, any old man will do and that maybe even sometimes the idea that you, that you should be grateful for what you have. Um, I think uh, in making that statement, I'm, I'm making that because I wanted to ask you, uh, share for the viewers, what were some of the things, because I feel like you bringing him up and giving us the update, and he's probably going to talk about this a bit more in a second, but can you please unpack what, because we talked about how like it took a few times for him to, a few times of you forgiving him. Sometimes it's not always a violent thing, an overt act of violence that, or an overt um, thing that somebody does to you. So what did he do that made you feel like now was the time? Um, well, l- let me start by saying this. Anything can be a deal breaker when you're mm-hmm. dating somebody. You get, so it doesn't have to be this horrible, like he mm-hmm. dogged me out and he tried me. Sometimes it can just be little stuff that you're seeing a pattern of. And it's like, you know what? I accept you for who you are, but this is not going to work for me. And mm-hmm. for him, it was a it was a combination of a communication thing with him and his attachment style, um, going into attachment mm. theory. And he was the type of a person that when he, we would get real intimate, to, and not intimate talking sex, but intimate talking about our connection and us, you know, seeing eye to eye, he would open up and it would be really good and really nice. And then in a flip second, he would turn, just pull away. And no shade, that is very triggering for me. And I'm the type of person that I will explain, like, please don't do that because I don't like that because it triggers because it triggers up my abandonment issues. So I try to, you know, like, don't do that or why are you doing that? And every time I would try to, like, get closer, it's kind of like the episode from Insecure that um, just passed this um, Sunday where when clearly you're feeling me, I'm feeling you, you're trans attracted, and this is more than just a physical thing. Like, we're in tune with each other spiritually, our lives kind of align together. And I know you're wanting more from me and I'm verbally saying that I want more from you, but every time I get close to you, you pull away, you ghost, but then you'll pop up like a week, a couple of days or a week or two later mm. and then act like I'm not supposed to feel some type of way about it, like I'm not a human. Right, so, so now, getting in there, it's a great point. So now you said two things were the reasons. You said it was communication and you also said it was his attachment style. So going back to the first one, communication, what do you think that was rooted in? You said you just mentioned that he um, would kind of be very intimate and apologetic and like concerned and y'all would connect and then he would ghost you. What do you think that was about? What do you think that communication breakdown was about? To be honest, sis, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it was. I don't want to say it was because I was trans. Because he was, you know, he never made me feel like because I was trans, like 
he couldn't be seen with me or he and when i when i would date him or when i would go to date him because we were a long distance i'm not going to give the city away but he was very open very gentlemanly and though i did have questions i didn't press it because he was doing enough to make me feel comfortable and talking to him and talking and like learning about his mom and his dad and his family background i really think the I don't know for sure, but I think how he was raised played a part into that. But mm-hmm. also, I really think he hasn't had like a real adult relationship or some, like a woman in his life to really challenge him because he was older than me. But the way he interacted with me, a lot of times I felt like I, was, I wasn't I was interacting with a grown man. I felt like I was interacting with a teenage boy that couldn't mm. express themselves and be emotions. And one of the reasons that I didn't want to take it any further and I wanted to cut things off because I'm like, if this is a problem now, whether I move to the same city as you to be with you or not, this is going to continue to be an issue. So and communication is a big part of any relationship. So, and it just can't be me trying to um, make it work. And also the long distance thing, I felt like pre-quarantine and all of that, I feel like if you know you're going to be in a long distance situation, I feel like it has to be effort on both parties to make a concerted effort to see each other. And to be honest, I felt like he only wanted to see me when I went to DC, but because it was convenient for him, but he was never making the effort to come to, like he would come up with all these excuses why he couldn't come to Chicago. Mind you, he has a job that, where he has to to travel across the country or he, so it's not like he doesn't have the means to travel or like traveling is foreign to him or he's, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was just like, okay, this is somebody that's not willing to put in the work to like choose me and to be with me. He's only being with me out of convenience. So, and and so like that's an interesting thing. Like the so sometimes what we don't talk about is is like that long. Well, one I have two things I want to say. One, long distance relationships are a skill set, and I don't think that they are analogous necessarily one-to-one for a regular relationship so if you're not like for example i am extremely verbal and i also am a really really good verbal communicator in the sense that i think i have a natural ability to facilitate conversation and find people's interest and i'm i'm naturally kind of nurturing so i'm gonna i'm gonna check in and whatever I, it's particularly with men, I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's escalated because I, you know, if I'm interested in you, if you're a partner. So then I think you, and this is just from, and I, and you know, you know, full disclosure, guys, I know the whole story. This is my bitch in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so if I seem like I'm leading, it's not that I'm leading her to something that I know for a fact is not truth because she and I have unpacked this to the detail. Right. But, but I was going to say, um, I think also what we don't talk about is, is the need for the men that date in general, in general, men in general, I feel like as a society, we don't expect our men to be emotionally intelligent. Like we put upon them because, and the reason why I say that is because in this situation, Brianna, now this is for the ladies out there that sometimes have the stereotype that only, it's only a certain type of dude that'll be into us. 
this man had a job. This man was college educated. This right. man um, had his own business. Dated her, dated her openly. It wasn't a concern if they went places or anything like that. And so for a lot of men, particularly men that date us, I got a job, I got a car, I got a place, and I date you openly. They think that they are the ticket. Mm-hmm. Like they have just set the bar. Like, bitch, I know you don't have no nigga that just works and lives. Right. Like, I'm impressive. You should be proud of me. And it's like, yes. It wasn't I enough, though, excited. for me. And that's it, girl. Because I'm excited that you are everything that a man should be on paper. But in person, I expect a level of emotional intelligence. And that requires vulnerability. And it also requires that you see me as an equal, which means your life, I'm worthy to be in all parts of it. And I'm worthy to understand you beyond the surface. And I feel like a lot of guys, because they encounter our community in a kind of a transactional way, right? and maybe it was something that they had to compartmentalize, not necessarily in a bad way, but because we live in a society where there's all kinds of societal stigmas and judgments and systems of oppression, you deal with guys sometimes that are worrying about their masculinity being challenged because of what they like. So they compartmentalize their relationships with black trans women. And the problem with that is, is then you have these individuals that have gotten comfortable and familiar. And then, then even when they were coming up in their awareness, like every man was, yes, they dated women, but they may have even, and like, and, and like other men, they, if they like trans women, they date often and openly. Problem with that, though, is, is that a lot of these men get to a, an older age and have yet to truly settle down because when they were younger, they were a little more concerned about what other people thought. And now that they're in their, like, 30s, going into 40s, going into 50s, going in, you know, once they get older, sometimes these men have a confidence that they didn't have when they were younger. But they don't have the emotional intelligence because they haven't really committed to a trans woman. They haven't really navigated it. And they don't really see us in the way that they would see a natal woman as a wife, as a potential wife. Does that make sense? Right. So then they'll acknowledge, oh, I'm trans attracted. And they'll be like what Lex said, and they'll be interested in dating and, 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 and engaging with trans bodies. But transamorous means actually considering what it would be like to let one of us enter into your world and become actually a full standing member, a full standing woman in your life, the way you would anybody else. And I feel like with your guy, Brianna, back to you, I feel like you were showing up for him in a way that I don't think he had the capacity to show up for you. Right. And it wasn't because he was a bad person. It was because I don't think he had enough experience in his life, right. particularly as a man that is trans attracting and trans amorous. I don't think he had enough experience in dating in long-term relationship to be what you needed for him because right. you had experience that he didn't have. Right. And I feel like I wanted to take the time to really break that paradigm down because so often as trans women, we blame ourselves or we'll judge another girl for letting a good man go and not realize, bitch, he wasn't great. And he may be great for you, but right. when I caught him, he wasn't at the emotional place in his life where he had the experience to get on this ride. He should have been on the kiddie pool, and I'm an advanced ride. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and 
with the with the final breakup, I really have been working through not trying not to take it personal and trying not to blame myself about it, even though that's easy to do just, you know, because of the negative self-talk and but looking back, I'm overall I'm proud of how I handled the situation because every time it felt uncomfortable for me to bring something up or I would address something knowing that it was the possibility that, you know, he would leave or he would leave me alone. I, you know, I've, I've really done the work on myself to know that if a guy leaves me, like, even though I'm alone, because I used to have a, a fear of being alone. And then I went through the phase of, well, I'm going to just do the hookup thing because nobody's ever going to love me. And, I'm not worthy and all of that. And I'm happy to say that I've evolved out of that. And also I'm happy to say that even though I might be alone romantically, I'm not alone because I have so many different forms of love in my life that I'm thankful for and that I, you know, I can get intimacy in other ways, but I'm just proud of myself for each time that I, I ended stuff. It was just like, it was just a, a, a learning tool for me just standing up for myself and just demanding what I wanted. And looking back, I didn't, I didn't want, I just wanted the basics. I just wanted to, I just wanted him to act like he gave a damn about me. I wanted him, to, I wanted him to act like I was on his team or he was purposely choosing me to be on his team. And a, a lot of times I was just left out there. And then when he would decide to pop up, I was just supposed to, not have any emotions and just accept him back with open arms with no attitude. But no, I'm human. I have emotions and I need a man that can acknowledge how he makes me feel when he makes me feel good and when he makes me feel bad and just be accountable. And the one thing I ask for from him when we end this stuff, which I've never asked for in any other situation where I've left the guy that I was talking to is get, do not contact me after this. Don't call. Get get. Let me move on with my life and find somebody that's gonna love me the way that I mean to be loved. That's all I ask. Mm, let me because a lot of times they, breaking up, you need that separation. Yeah. Or a lot of times guys like that they don't want to let you move on. They they'll pop up and that was his thing. I wouldn't block him all the way so he would find a way to just pop up. So it was under the guise of, oh, I miss you or I care about you. But no, you just wanted to see if you still had access to me. But mm. now now the door is like, love me and be accountable, be man enough to let me move on with my life, especially when you don't mean me no good. Let that me let me move on with my life. That's like that's all. That's all I want. I wish you the best, but I just I'm just ready to move on. I don't want to keep going on this ride because I know I deserve better, and I know what I'm asking you for is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. So now this is the last question on this topic I have for you, because a lot of times we will say, and you've talked a lot about what you want, and that's powerful. I think we need to stand in that space a lot more often of not just talking about what we need in life, but actually affirming the things that we, that we want to see manifest. Right. I feel like that's an important part of visioning and visioning your future. So I think that's great. But what I want to talk about is now you, I want you to use hindsight and I want you to use your powers of reflection. And I want you to look in the mirror at this moment. And if, what do you think Brianna learned 
So now this is with the spirit of hindsight about herself and in the spirit of accountability, what could she work on going forward? Oh, I actually put up a post about this the other day. To, I know. To, Go ahead. To, to, <laughs> no shade. What I, what I learned from him, um, one, I learned that, you know, I'm capable of love. You know, ever since my cancer experience, I never thought I would be in a romantic situation again. And, you know, each time somebody comes into my life, it just lets me know that my heart, my heart is not hardened. It's not like I am capable of love i am capable of allowing people in but what i've learned the most from this particular dude is that i need to work on not entertaining like the mites or the maybes or the potentials mm-hmm. like yes girl speak that I thing because need- i yeah, you now, now my sister is really being real for y'all. She's actually peeling the band-aid, bitch. No, it's it. no, it's 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 something like I don't ever come up here to act like I have all to, like I'm still learning, I'm still evolving, mm-hmm. I, I still have to apply these things that I talk about, but it's really tempting to entertain like when you like for me, I know I want to be in a relationship. So a lot of times I get into the situation where I meet these come across these fine ass men just fine and then when i ask them like so what do you y'all haven't seen my sister in person she tells no lies this bitch is beautiful so yeah Yeah, but i just i I come across fine ass men and that's my weakness but they'll come in and i believe people tell you who they are when you first meet them it's just are you listening and i'll tell them hey i'm looking to go to the path of being in a relationship and being a partner and then you'll meet a lot of guys that'll be like well, I'm just looking for friends and I might want that or maybe I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And for me, or for anybody, because they might not say it in a mean way, you had this idea, oh, I can change him or I can mm-hmm. da da But I've lived enough to know that if some like, a might is not a, a hard yes. So mm-hmm. if I know I want to be in a relationship, I need to be entertaining and giving time to people that are also looking for what I'm looking for. Because every time I've entertained a might or maybe I get my feelings hurt or I get my face cracked because we're not on the same page and we're not looking for the same thing. And it's okay. And it's okay to, to walk away from people, even though it's hard because some of them do be fine. But if you know that you're looking for something serious and the other person is not, why waste your time? So I'm just learning how, now don't get it twisted. I will have my fun. I'll have my fun. No one said, no one said nothing that's not play, bitch. I'll have my fun, but I'm not going in trying to turn a maybe into a hell yes. Like that should, like I'm trying to, you know, use my lawyer logic in my personal life and just like, Logically, if he's telling me this and I'm looking for that, maybe this is not a good match. And that's okay. And it's okay to walk away from people, even though it's tempting. But like, to, it, it, it really saves you heartbreak and pain in the long run. It really does. And I know now that there's guys out here looking for something serious and looking for some commitment. So I'm listening to words and actions, especially when I first meet people. So, and with him, he wasn't for he he told me he wasn't well he didn't say he wasn't looking for a relationship but he wasn't concrete on what his end game was 
and okay, that's that's the accountability sis it's knowing it's being okay with the idea that i want that i'm in something that is unconfirmed as we're behaving as if we are confirmed right like the amount of emotional investment you allowing this person to like actually seduce you to the idea that they could be someone and a lot of times and i'm not saying that this man young man is because we know that there's other situations there but a lot of men and this is just from in general a lot of men are that that's like what we in the media now we call the fuck boy mm -hmm. but there are a lot of men that will play on the ambiguity of not having a label to right. really run a game because right. then they'll do when they want you for what they want you for is hey baby boo boo this this that and the third and i'm gonna right. give you the royal wife treatment because i want something from you it may be physical it may be emotional whatever but on the flip side of that bitch, it's a con because i never promised you anything in return right and i give you no titles and i told you in advance i wasn't sure so that when you go to confront me i can go well why are you tripping because i didn't think it was that serious and it's like no no it is that serious because you play with my time you play with my emotions you play with my spirit we've had sex so we've created soul ties right so i think the accountability there and what I love that you just said is the accountability in as a woman understanding that there's a lot that I agreed to without having a, a, a written contract. It was very illusory, honey. Yes, that's the word, illusory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but you, you live and you learn. Like I said, I wish him the best. Don't ever, call, don't ever contact me again. I meant what I said. And <laughs> I hope you, you know, I hope you treat the, the next one better than you did me, but I, a bitch has had enough. So I guess going on to the next topic, I just want to give like a little quick life update. So even though it's quarantine, quarantine season, your girl is still dating. Your girl is still getting out here, trying to make connections and talk to people. I may be bruised, but I am not broken. Um... So going, going, kind of circling back to the conversation that we had about trans, trans women is default and dating men who see trans women as potential um, partners in romantic relationships. I kind of had this realization, like, I, how can I expect a trans, a trans amorous man to see trans women as default? if I, in turn, am, am not seeing trans amorous men as my own default. And that kind of factors Ooh, into where... Yeah, I'm just, and it kind of factors into where I'm putting my energy and my time into finding these men. So recently, I've been... I've kind of been pulling back from, like, the cis hat center apps, like, the plenty of fishes and, and tenders because I, I had to take a I had to take a step back and realize that majority of those men who are on there whether they're looking for a hookup or they're looking for uh, a serious relationship their default is a cis woman and that's just the fact so why am I wasting my time trying to sell myself on these sites and put myself in these environments when I should be taking the effort to put myself in environments like trans or queer center apps where men that aren't one here, even if it's just sexual, they have at least come to the conclusion that trans women are their default. So they're putting themselves out, they're putting themselves in a space where it's more likely that they'll find a trans woman. 
So I, as of recently, I've been more putting more energy into the trans dating app. It's one called Trans and it's another one called Tammy. And just really trying to get comfortable with not being in the mix with cishet women and just being in a place where I can be the fall and it's more, it'll be more likely that I'll find somebody that's looking for a woman like me. So just like the dating experience, it has its ups and downs, but like a lot of, no shade, this one day, the trans dating app I'm on, it's actually some fine pieces. Like it's actually men with pictures on there. Now, some of the men, they look familiar from some of the ads I used to put up on Craigslist back in the day, but that's another conversation. But there are men out there with pictures. That, that <laughs> you know, are, we'll never read ourselves of the Craigslist people. Right, right. No, <laughs> Craigslist, we need to do a Craigslist appreciation um, episode one day. But anyway. No shade, because it's a lot of people in our community whole transition. Right, I miss the fuck out of Craigslist, no shade. But it's been refreshing to see that there's apps for trans people and it's regular men on there with pics. Now, it's, it's some, you know, it's some undesirables on every site, but for the most part, it's a lot of attractive men. I've been coming into contact with people. Now, just because I get on these trans up doesn't mean I'm going to find a man tomorrow, and that's not the goal. But I think the goal was for me to break the cycle of me trying to assimilate on these cishet apps and then get in my face cracked when I get the same results. It's like, does this, they're not, even if they come across you on these apps, you're not the the main goal and that's fine and i just think for me i have gotten to a point where i'm fine with you know being included in the the list of trans options and i know a lot of people aren't there yet but for me i you know i want somebody that's looking for me so i kind of have to walk my walk or you know walk the walk what i'm preaching and really put myself out there to um be in the mix for guys that are looking for trans women so that that's kind of been my life update um as far as that episode work well um i wanted to i I have an opinion to what you said but i want to give my quick life update life is good um i'm feeling great um you know, I'm doing the best I can with my asthma this time of year. And um, shout out to my brother. He was in a car accident, but God is good. He's okay. So I love you, Marcus. And I hope you get well and feel better. Um, um, but yeah, so shout out to my family and all that. But back to what you were saying, Bree. I just want to get that out there. But back to what you were saying, Bree. I, um, you said something that I thought was interesting about... Um, you deciding for trans uh, trans amorous men to be your default and you talked about taking the drastic step because a lot of girls what you just said was very drastic like i am not gonna go where the majority of men are to look for the minority of men that want me and but i think it's very intentional in that politically you're at this place now where you've aligned yourself with your fullness as a black queer trans woman Mm-hmm. And I feel, and I think that that political statement, it would almost be hypocritical for you to then be trying to be fit your queerness into a heteronormative box, if that makes sense. Right. And I feel like that's where we go wrong a lot of times, and we wonder why we keep having this the same results. And it, for, it's just for me, it's just like, sis, you you know, you need you need you need to go. 
it's all about finding your audience and finding your market. And mm. no shade, a lot of them apps, even if we do slip up and find somebody, that's <clears throat> not our market. No shade. Now, let me ask you, <clears throat> what do you think? Because you, you mentioned, um, and I'm sorry, guys, it's my asthma if you hear me coughing and kind of sneezing, my allergies are acting up. But if, Rihanna, if you... Um, could give me your idea or your thoughts on Facebook or an Instagram or because I mean we talk about the dating apps and yeah that definitely communicates intent per se but have you been finding any success or what is your dating life like on social media has that been a help or a hurt well I typically for Facebook I kind of see Facebook like as very professional so if somebody like tried to get at me on Facebook I just don't <laughs> Personally, I don't like it only because even though I, you know, have a sense of personality or I'm a key on Facebook, I just don't really like having those type of conversations on Facebook because it's nothing for somebody to screenshot something or to try to like do something. So I'm just very, because it's my, my real name and stuff on Facebook, I'm kind of, if somebody were to try to get at me, I would just be cautious um, now, how interesting is that, though, as a trans woman, that you are now trying to be cautious of your name about dealing with the guys? Because this is going to lead into our main topic. But, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I, like, I find that dynamic interesting because we often hear the girls saying, I don't want to deal with dudes that don't have pictures. I don't want to do people with the dudes that don't, have, that don't have their real name on their profile. But it sounds like you don't want to have your real name on the profile and you're nervous about marrying you. So then how could, now this is a good point, sis. Now, how can you be mad if a man not including you in his life if he can't hit you up on your real life page? No, I'm just, I'm just cautious. But for me, if you really want us to date me on Facebook, your profile, like you would have to, like your profile, like your life that, that you are living through your Facebook, it would have to be something of substantial. Cause I feel like I, because I do the same on my profile, at least on my Facebook profile, I try to curate an accurate reference. So if you just some random blow Joe and your, oh, right, your, right, 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 right. your Facebook profile is not representative of your life or you're, you know, you're not somebody of prominence. Then or I'm, you're hitting me on Facebook on some freak shit because we could do that, but not on Facebook. Right, not on Facebook. Saying. Like, so gotcha. if you are really coming at me, your profile, kind, I would kind of have to get a sense of who you are in your life from your Facebook profile. No shade. Mm -hmm. And the same goes with Instagram. Like, now it's easier to get at somebody on Instagram, but I don't know. I feel like because of my image and how people perceive me, a lot of people think I'm too, like, um unapproachable or too like professional or too like I, I get the I get the feeling that a lot of men are intimidated by me but mm -hmm. I'm very approachable if you come at me in the correct way like mm -hmm. I'm still a woman I'm still a lady I'm still you know so you just you can't come at me on no especially if you want to date me like it kind of no shit it kind of has to make sense for me mm -hmm. to date like our, we kind of have to like not necessarily be running in the same circles, but if you want to date me because I am looking for something serious and these are the type of things that I have to think about go moving forward, like we kind of, it kind of has to make sense and we kind of have to be moving in similar direct and it can't be anything seedy or DL. Because I have had guys hit me up in the past that have had like professional profiles, but it's like 
they want to do the they want to do the DL games, and mm -hmm. and I make it clear very early, like, sis, I'm not I'm not the type of girl that's going to out you, but I'm also not here for that because clearly you're not really taking my profile for what it is and saying like my mm -hmm. politics and what I'm standing for. You just see me as a visible girl to try to run your games on, and I'm not her. Now let's talk about outing. Oh. <laughs> oh so let's talk brianna, about it so brianna came brianna brought to the table this conversation and we were initially going to have a different conversation and at the last minute we thought that the conversation we were gonna have was worthy of a different build out so we were like well how are we gonna switch it up and something that she and i both have had many numerous conversations about was the concept of like because we live in a world where coming out is something that is it, it's it's celebrated but i think it's almost problematic to the point where it's expected right like there's a world in which we live in where everybody feels like they have a right to know because you should be proud because i'm proud of you you should be proud of um being of, of sharing all of yourself well we all know that that's a pollyanna fake ass way to look at the world and we know that there are repercussions to every um thing that you do and there's for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction so we know that we're, that while the sentiment is great to say come out we live in a world where outing one's desires or their attractions is something that we expect and i don't think that's always a great thing now Outing also has a different other side to it. There's this, there's this, because when you say outing, you're talking about a process of doing something. And so then like when you're outing someone else, Brianna, you brought this topic to the table. Um, what made you think of outing as our topic for today? And because um, I know that there was an article you were referencing that you shared with me before this. So can you tell them a little bit about why you picked this topic today and uh, what article this was about? So while I picked this topic today, I feel like tra trans women who are dating specifically, the while we also have to deal with outing, I think we also are also confronted with outing the outing of our partners, whether it happens by someone other than us, but specifically in reference to this the the frame of to frame this conversation today. Uh, outing, outing the men who are intimate with us, who have had interactions with us, and just the different not only the repercussions from that, but really, I wanted to have like a holistic conversation of the deeper reason of why we do it, and just some of the different attitudes towards outing um, the partners who are intimate, intimate with us, because I. Because we don't have like control, because we as Black trans women don't have control of the narrative, a lot of times when a celebrity, particularly like a Black male celebrity, is outed for being with a trans woman or like a trans woman is the one doing an outing, it kind of fuels these narratives about trans amorous men and like the desirability of trans women and it kind of villainizes um, trans people all together. So I just really kind of wanted to have this conversation to unpack it. So we're 
addressing this from all sides. But this um, conversation, it came to me because it was an article that came out on LGBTQ Nation on Monday, April 20th. And the headline is trans Instagrammer leads campaign to hunt down and out gay men. And one of the men that she outed could commit a suicide. Um, so just to read a little bit, just to kick the story off, a transgender Instagram influencer outed gay men in Morocco, making them targets for discrimination, family alienation and violence. One of the men she outed uh, just died by suicide, um, but she's unapologetic about it. Um, she says a quote, I'm not gonna say the F word, but she says, I feel bad for those F words, but I don't care. Uh, and it's the uh, F word that it's a slur because we want to be clear that she used a, a, a very yeah she slur. used it <laughs> I will not be using no no it, no, but... no 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 you shouldn't and I'm just I'm because there's you know it could be the other F word too right but I just want to be clear that she it was her intention there to use a a, a gay slur we'll go ahead and her name is Naufal Musa and she's a Moroccan transgender woman who lives in Turkey. And she is known for her social media, where she has over 600,000 followers. And in an Instagram live video last night. I love that you skipped her profile because we're not giving her no life, but go no, ahead. No, no. Well, apparently Instagram deleted her profile and she keeps creating new ones. But in an Instagram live video, she told her followers to download apps like Planet Romeo, Hornet, and Grinder to find gay quote unquote gay men who live in that area and she showed people how to search for the apps online install them and create fake profiles to out gay and buy men um and basically she goes on to tell um girls to create fake profiles um and choose that your bottoms which means um you want someone to penetrate you and so i think that's all we need to share um from the story but i just feel like now, mind you, this is a trans person. Right. So, this is the, so that's an additional complication. Now, you know, we live in a world where we talk ad nauseum about how cis folk, and you know, I know, I know there's a lot of cis folk listening that hate that word, C-I-S, cis, but this ain't even about y'all. Right. We, are, in this moment, are talking about a very problematic member of our community who is engaging in behavior that Aeon and I felt was very important. So much so, we wanted to make that the headlining um topic for this podcast and so brianna um what do you so like now that you unpack that story to me and we've read it aloud for our viewers just i want to give my first reaction um i want to say that to, i'm i i feel that i that i feel two ways to, about this individual um one i feel like there's a lot of anger in me a little bit for the idea that one, you are completely conflating issues that don't have anything to do with you, per se. This is someone that is making her, her business to not even, it'd be different. I don't have, a, this is my concern. I still have, uh, I still feel that if you're engaging with someone, right, me and you are in a relationship, per se, right? And let's say you and I don't work. You don't get to tell me I can't talk about my relationship because I'm trans and because you're not ready for me to talk about my own life. I don't think that that's necessarily problematic. I know some people would consider that outing, but I feel like if I'm just talking about, if I'm, if I'm not necessarily 
talking about what we did together or trying to be messy. You can talk like, for example, like you're like, if you were to, not that you, you did, you did the right thing in protecting him because you care about him and you don't want to give him life. But if you chose to, to mention somebody that you dated and use their name, I don't think like any other woman, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to condemn trans women who are telling their truth and expecting these men are expecting silence because they have their own shame. I don't, I don't support that. Right. But in this case, this trans woman is problematic because one, she's a predator overall because she's actually telling people how to use apps where people are actually looking to make connections to exploit, catfish, manipulate, right. um, 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 screenshot, record conversations to defame, to, to embarrass, to shame. And it has led to lives being lost people right. being alienated. And she lives in a Muslim country that is very conservative. <laughs> yeah, sis. <laughs> where you, where you are also trans, sis. Right, so that man that killed himself. <laughs> no, like, and that's the real gag, is that she somehow believes that because she's accessed womanhood, that she is exempt from being responsible to the rest of the LGBT community. And that is the narrative that we seek to define, that we seek to destroy. But like every community, this monster, this monster is somebody that we have to speak out about, rebuke the behavior, because we want the world to know that there are so little examples of us that if we don't call this person out, we will be remiss and we will be perpetual, we will be allowing a negative thing to go around. Because now this article is viral. So right. I love that you brought this up, Brianna, because we really got to confront. And just hearing you give that my first read, this is a monster who needs to be stopped. And this brings up so many other issues regarding safety and like the idea the, the internalized transphobia, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. But what are your thoughts after reading that? I feel like this was really angry, but what's the root of that? You think me putting on my lawyer head, my, my, okay. what is the motive behind this? Right. I don't feel like sis is trying to target gay men. Just based okay. on my trans girl experience, what I feel what happened is that she met up with one of these men on these because there even though Grinder is catered to gay men, there are a lot of trans amorous men that come on these apps to access the girls because the girls on that on these apps and we're often in community, you know, on you know in gay areas or on gay situations and trans that's how trans amorous men get in contact to us, I pull pieces off Grinder. Grinder is lovely when I go to a new city. What I think happened is she met a trans amorous man off the site. They probably had. It was probably nice. And he was probably on the DL or didn't want to be outed. I mean, hey, they are in Morocco. <laughs> so Okay, let's, let's think, say that first, bitch. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think I think what happened to her is what happened to a lot of us as trans women who are out there. A guy, we come across a guy, we have a good time. He goes back to her, his life. He acts like we don't ex- exist. And because we're, we are the girls, sometimes we can get a little bit too, we get, we don't, we don't know how to separate the logic from the emotion and we, we act on emotion. And I guess her thing was, well, in addition to outing him, I'm outing everybody. 
So like right because you know he went back to his wife or right. partner and paid her dust. But see, this is the problem too, though, because what she's actually doing is talking about. She's also talking up. She's calling these men. Um, gay. If I go off of what you're saying, she's using the f bomb for gay people as a slur. I mean, for trans amorous men. For trans amorous men, which and that's conflating. Which really happens, but it really speaks to the fact that she still sees herself as a man. And that's why I was calling this person an individual, because I personally, me, personally, me, 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 I believe that the narrative that she is espousing is just, it's not even internalized. It's on the surface as transphobia. And I feel like sometimes people will become a part of a community that they have that they have no real connection to or and or they get to the place where they feel like they have they somehow can look down on other parts of the community and this person is problematic to me sis because it's not that i if i if i thought it was just based out of pure emotion is one thing but it's also for clout like she it's not like she's outing one DL man. Her goal is is to try to destroy as many people as possible. And she's telling the world how to exploit the safe haven through the back door to try to exploit people for what they are. Because the reality of it is, in her country, these are these are things that are gonna punish people socially. So even if the person isn't doing anything wrong, what about the gay men who are just dealing with other gay men who are right. out but are living in a country where you can't be out, out. Well, bitch, you literally can be murdered, bitch. Yes, so she is literally, the repercussions of what she's doing is so big, sis. I can't even give her the, oh, she's a bitter past. No, this is a sociopath who's using (laughs) this. Like, bitch, this is somebody that is determined, like, does not care at all, does not, cannot even have empathy for the lives. Because it's not just because out you can't person. you can't see past your own selfishness. And it's no shade. This is this is a selfish person. Like, sis, do you, you are you not thinking about the collateral consequences of you giving step-by-step tutorials of how to teach the people how to download Grinder so they can go like sis, sis. And then listen to this also say this. Do she not know, sis? That, uh, if we be real, the women that you're talking to, the women that you think that are in alignment with you, the women that you think that you're helping by outing somebody, the, with the women, that they're calling you the F-bomb too, sis. So don't ever feel, bitch. Those people that would think that it's okay to go and out somebody, the people that's following you up, they're following up your stupid ass because they think that you have given them the back door to something that they don't even fully understand the repercussions of. And you clearly don't understand the repercussions of. And both of you are know just enough to be dangerous. And I feel like that's what it is. Sis don't know shit either. And she don't know who she is. Because right. if you really knew who you were, sis, you would know who to align yourself with. And it's not the people that are going to try to out people. And no shade, you think you're outing them. But sis, you're putting yourself in just as much danger, honey. Because last time I checked, it was a, I don't think it was legal to be trans in Morocco either. That part. Not to, not only that, sis, not only that, let's talk about what it does to the in the larger conversation. So well, we I was, gonna, yeah, I was just about to say, let's let's bring it in lo- like locally to us, to black trans yeah. women, like like out outing a trans amorous man, like what what does it really mean and what does it really do for you? in the long run. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all, this is Aeon. This is the Lioness. 
And you're listening to box number 512 podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And we just wanted to remind you guys while you're listening to subscribe, rate, comment, follow us on social media and share our podcast. And we wanted to let you know that we just started a new feature, Grown Black Trans Women Talk Live on our Facebook and our Instagram live pages. And I'm going to turn it over to the lioness so she can tell you what um, to expect. Yeah, so you can expect hot new exclusive content. You can expect us having conversations about living, loving, laughing in the pursuit of all of our successes. You'll be hearing us have enlightening conversations with other people. It's our way of connecting with you, our listeners. We want to make it a multimedia experience. And so please follow us on Facebook Live and our Instagram Live for more exclusive content. And now back to box number 512 podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. Mm-hmm. Like what like what is the, like in all my years of being a trans woman, and I've been in the game over 10 years now. And I've had many experiences with men. And I've had many men like piss me off or get me hot. But I was I w- I have never been in a situation where I outed somebody or I wanted to out somebody. And I I, I don't know. I just think I think it has to do with the, the a lot of the trans women that I came up with and just just you know i'm i believe i'm somebody and i'm going somewhere in life i don't know i was always taught that girls that kiss and tell never get kissed again one that you know that Mm -hmm. that was always my motto but i also want to say i think um people a lot of times will because brianna you cut out are you still there yeah i'm here okay good yeah no i was saying people um sometimes don't realize what their actions say about how they see themselves and not right like so in this particular situation like you think something the fact that the very notion that somebody could be into you or want to be with someone like you the idea that because someone wants to physically engage with you the idea that there's a sex act that you think somebody could do with you that would make them shameful or that could be a taboo or that is something that could be that is worthy to be outed means that you don't see yourself very highly madam because if you saw yourself highly then you would think that i am a pride there's nothing that me there's nothing although there's nothing taboo about me saying that a man likes the goddess that i am there's nothing taboo about that if i think that i am worthy but if you yourself think that there's something disgusting about you. Because see, part of the problem is, is we're not talking about the fact that these girls have listened, have looked inside themselves and internalized the way the world sees them as these disgusting creatures. And what they said to themselves was, bitch, I'm a tail. Tell what, bitch? How crazy do you look talking about I'm a tail? Tell on yourself? About right. what? He likes me. He dared to touch me. He dared to do this with me. It's like, okay, sis, so you're, what you're saying is that you're the nasty freak that they think you are because you don't even think anybody that's touching you is worthy of respect. And I, 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 and I also think on the, the other side of that, I feel like a lot of us trans women, we, we have to deal with the reality that we are alone all of the time and we have these people that can, we have these people that can, that have the privilege 
to come in and out of our community to get what they want and leave and they just leave us alone. So for me, when when I see somebody that outs a man that have been with them, I kind of, I see the pain in that and I kind of identify the pain with that. I'm just happy that I was fortunate in my life to be around older trans women to really guide me and tell, and tell me like, baby, that you, I know you're hurting right now, but there will always be another man. There, there'll always be a lot of lessons to be learned. You don't need to compromise your dignity because you're mad right now in this moment. And I really, I no shade, I really feel like it speaks to the lack of maternal connections in our community. Because I feel like if a lot of these, because because no shade, it's a lot of these young girls that do that out these men. It's not it's not really the older the older girls in community mm-hmm. because they impart a lot of wisdom. It's just like a lot of these young girls that are messing around thinking that they are kind and then they're getting their feelings hurt and they're acting from a place of emotion and they don't have that that um that reflex to really stop and think about the long-term impact of what they're doing to mm-hmm. to like look past that that momentary feeling of hurt to really to really appreciate the risk uh the, the just the the risk of what outing somebody could do not only to them because no shade like fuck the men what is this going to do to you what is this going to do for you as far as your safety as far as your reputation as far as your self-actualization of yourself what is outing somebody telling somebody telling the whole world that this person decided to have an intimate experience with you like what is that really going to do is it really worth the risk and no shade with this with this platform with with these conversations i really even though this is a, a show geared towards older or grown trans women, I really want to impart to the younger trans girls that out in these men in the long run, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because and you're it young. Like on you. Yeah. You're young. It's no shade. You you're gonna have these experiences where these pieces play on your time. You just need to you just need to it, you just need to take the licks and just learn from it and keep it moving. But you're not outing somebody or threatening to, like no shade. These men out here are willing to kill us mm-hmm. over their and reputation. It over and over again. Yes. Right. I think I think back to the story from 2015 of Ty Underwood of the um she was murdered by her boyfriend who was like a college athlete. And it was it's the show on TV one that did like a profile on her murder. And the the whole reason this piece murdered her because um they were like in a sexual relationship and the boy was coming to her house so she lived with other trans women so her commute her sisters knew that she was messing with the boy but for him it was sex and when he got tired of her he ghosted her so in response to him ghosting her she threatened to tell like his coach and his football team about their relationship and in response he killed her because he didn't want he didn't want the word to get out that he was um, going to sleep with a trans woman. So with the whole outing conversation, to to me, it's just like sometimes you just have to pick your battles. You have to you have to pick your battles, and in the long run, is it really worth your life? Like that little five seconds of gratification of you being the tea spiller and having this tea on this piece. 
is this is this slight gratification really worth your life worth your reputation worth putting you in a situation that could possibly be harmful for you and really is it worth you not valuing yourself to expose this intimate part of who you are having sex with like damn the nigga does everybody need to know that you are intimate with this person so and and i want to this is a joking point too um just something i thought was humorous that she did and just back to the first story i want to also be clear (laughs) that when she put in there I, I, i also think that part of her purpose too is to also play into the paradigm that um, there's a certain type of man that tops and a certain type of man that bottoms. And she's also playing into that hetero. Cause she said, if you want to find a BL man, you need to, um, look for the one, call yourself a bottom. And I almost, the chuckle of that is if she really knew what she was talking about, she would actually put in that she's a top. Right. <laughs> to really get some tea, girl, a top, a top ain't nothing. Because you really know shades sis, are limiting the fuck out of yourself. <laughs> if you really were trying to catch the boys that like trans women, <laughs> okay, you would be putting in something else because a lot of times we have to, that's another conversation for another time. But I just, I, I also think we need to also confront what it is to not be heteronormative and to be right. okay. And to right. be okay with that. Like part of it too is you are in these platforms and you know for a fact you're engaging with people that came to a gay safe space to engage in non-heteronormative behavior. But in your quest to be accepted at large by a larger community, you're taking it upon yourself to take away the safe space that is created for people to express themselves. And you now are making it, you're allowing all these other people to, to, to do it. But you're doing it because deep, deep down, and this is when we talk about that internalized, also that like, that um, dysphoria, what you also see is someone that cannot see for themselves how they are not in any way connecting themselves to heteronormativity by explaining the gay safe space that they don't even need to know about. Right. Like that no one sees her as more heterosexual. No one sees her as more womanly. No one sees her as more informed or as like, it's more of, Thank you, bitch. So now I can exploit bitches like you. Because part of the problem, too, is, girl, is there are very few places where men that are LGBT, particularly men of color, can go and feel not judged in society. Even if you are gay, even if you are transamorous, there aren't too many safe spaces where we can engage. So it's it's even more deep problem, a deeper problem to me, because I feel like she's trying to appear to be trying to uphold some type of moral standard that she herself doesn't doesn't live up to. Yeah. Girl, because like if you girl, because if you were so above it, girl, you wouldn't have even been on these apps in the first place. You wouldn't know shit about a grinder if you weren't above right. it. Right. <laughs> if you were so above it, girl, you wouldn't be on it. But the fact that you are an expert to the point where you're giving classes on how to be a catfish on there, it means right. you catfish before one bitch. And two, it also says that you're the kind of girl that has no real like respect for herself i mean and so then this brings me into the next conversation because now we talked about the girl that's outing dudes for the sport right but let's talk about that other top that other ugly part side of it where you will have girls that will try to out a guy truth or not for 
fame and how some of those people are actually getting rewarded because now let's not act like that niche hasn't been carved for trans women in the media. They will hear you if you're willing to out somebody. You know, we've heard Chingy and Bobby V and all these other stories where girls will take their platform and abuse it by making it a sensationalized thing. I've even seen the videos where the girls will go like run up in a dude job and talk on a deep voice and like try to really like gas him in front of people. And like, and it's, it's really interesting because. But the, but the shade, but the shade is, are they, are they, are they really being, are they really being rewarded? Because no shade, though they well, might. On the surface though, for these young girls, for the ones that you were just talking to girl, it does. It looks like they're being rewarded. It looks like the, and I'm going to say her name because it's no shade. It's a public story and it's not to, I don't think that we and everyone in this podcast want to take somebody down, but we do no. want to talk about examples that I think are relevant. And like Sydney Starr, this right. is someone who got fame initially off of being the girl nobody could clock that would take a picture with a celebrity and it would be a gag. She got so much attention for that that then I think, I don't know what the scenario was behind it. I honestly think in the Chingy situation, she she definitely lied at some point. I don't know if she lied. In the I think she lied, but Ching, but the shade is Chingy's name did come up with another trans woman. This is I, what I'm saying. I think she was trying to give commonly known in the community information right. on her behalf. But the flip side of that is she lied on purpose, and I think for the attention. And as a result, sis, let's not keep it. Let's not act like that lady is not on TV. And let's not act like to this day, a part of her storyline is I'm the tranny and I got the dick and I'm a trick your motherfucking, you know, like, but there's a part I, of that. I get that. I get that. And I, I wholeheartedly acknowledge that. But the shade is, it's been, it's literally been over 10 years since that stunt was pulled. And even though she's on TV and she's doing all of these stuff, how has that lady or anybody that has done stuff like that and been on a public level, you don't you don't get the same opportunity to evolve and expand. You will always be typecast at that girl. So it goes back you to know. it goes back to my point. And uh -huh. this is this is one of my mottos. You 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 either gonna pay on the front end or Ooh. you pay on the back end, but you're gonna pay. So the price for being that girl is that you never get to stay out of that lane. Like no matter what you do, you're always going to be in that lane. And no matter what you try to do or how hard you think you're elevated, this is, this is not our world. This is not our game. So we have to be more strategic and not go off of the, not go off of the emotion of anger or go off the emotion of, Oh, bitch! This is going to make them know it. This is going to be like you, your game because we, we because of who we are in this world. We have to be more strategic than that, especially if we want to diversify and we want to evolve and we want to go on to other things. Because yeah, she's on TV, but no shade, she's kind of still playing the same sock type character, and she hasn't done anything to break the mold where we won't know her for anything other than being that girl. Can I say this though? And I mean, this is my pushback to that thought. Okay. So we, and of course, you know, as women of a particular age, we were we were women before her, okay? Or maybe even well, I could say in my case, probably probably before because I'm a little older than you. Right. So maybe 
before her. So you watch this beautiful creature come into being. You watch her turn ballroom. You watch her become this social media icon. Because, you know, at one point, she was very much the, in, in most, in a lot of people's eyes, she was very much the second to Amaya in people's mind of the two trans women that they knew. Right. Um, that were like the super passable, that the guys all were fawning over. And both of those women are extremely beautiful. But here's the problem that I have with um, her, the idea that she can't redeem herself. And, and, and this is, or not that she can't redeem herself, but that she's being, I don't think, this is the truth. I don't think these young girls care. I think we're looking at it from a kind of an ageist point of view in the sense that like we're older than her. We're looking, at, I don't think we're really that older than her. I think she got like a Hollywood age. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think um, when we talk about her as a person, we're talking about her from this understanding of what she did in the past. But like Chingy is not even relevant to these young kids anymore. Right. So if I'm now 18, 19, you know, for a lot of these young girls that I'm dealing with, that I deal with in the group that I teach, that I work at, like I, I run a group and the girls that come, a lot of them will say, Sydney Star is the reason why I'm trans. Sydney Star is somebody that I look up to. Sydney Star is over to me. Sydney Star is somebody that I want to look like. Even, you will even have, and this is sad, but you'll even have girls like, my goal is to look like her and be like her. And so then because a lot of these girls have, you know, they, they may not, like you say, have good um, parent figures or they may not necessarily have examples that are modeled for them like us. Mm -hmm. For the girls that are in small towns that don't really see a lot of diversity in their, in our representation, she's all that they see. And right. a lot of these girls are patterning and making choices based on what they see. So my question to you is, what do you say to this young girl that can't see Sydney star with the ability to unpack the 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 way that they're maybe even exploiting her the way that some of what some of her personality is character the way she's edited like what do you tell these girls without all of that context that idolize this woman what do you say to them I, what what I have to say what I, what I have to say in this in reference and this is this is not because I don't know if they're they're idolizing her because of the Chingy thing or idolizing her because she's on TV because no well, they're I, idolizing her success but the, but they they right. see I her think, I think, and they're trying to emulate that that's what I'm saying the girls yeah I think I think it's I I just think it's fab that she's on TV I feel I think it's like I think it's fab that people look at, up to her as a role model because she is a pretty girl she is a gorgeous mm -hmm. girl but I just think. You, I just think you have to know that everything comes at a cost, that everything Ooh, that comes at a price, and it's always it's always a T behind the T. Yeah, she's she's on this reality show, but it's not like she's like acting or they're really telling her story to humanize her. They're mm -hmm. they she's playing a part, she's playing a character. She's you know she's fe feeding up and. The shade is I don't know Sydney Star, but just from her struggle and just from her evolution i know she wants to do more than what they give her Amen. i know I she, think she's more talented than right what i know she wants to so this is no way to shape like i see it i see it i feel that she wants to do more than what she's being given but i think for a lot of these young girls like like don't get it twisted samaya and myself bitch we were both young we were both but we current. did it all we've we've done it all but <laughs> At some point, you get older, and you're gonna wanna 
want more and you're going to want to do more and you want you want to and that's already a hard role for us because they already don't want to give us nothing so you kind of have to even though it's unfair and nobody's saying that it's fair you kind of have to step outside of yourself in that moment and ask yourself is this really worth it for me in the long run? Because you, because no shade. That's the question. But the girls that don't become a hashtag and the girls that don't get murdered and the girls that don't become mm-hmm. a statistic, you're going to age. You're going to want to get older. You're going to want to do more and you don't want to be in a position where somebody will always be in a position to hold a mistake. Something you over made, your head. Over yes. your head. Because they will. And it's, it and it's not like we didn't make those mistakes. We right. just didn't have the internet to chronicle it. And I feel like we I feel like one thing that we don't talk about is the ways in which sometimes the girls want to be seen and not realizing that all parts of them aren't for public consumption. You should always keep a part of yourself for yourself. You should always, the core of who you are should not be so affected by how other people see you that you're willing to do anything for attention. Right. And on dot 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 in this situation for the young girls i want to say eat the fruit and spit out the seeds that's a saying that i like to say to my friends and um someone quoted it back to me once and it's the truth um when you are in a situation where you're dealing with a human who's living a human experience even if there's something about them that you admire even if they have a skill that you love, even if they have an anointing or a talent that just moves you, they're still a human being having a human experience. And every human being has um, their pluses and their, 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 their strengths and their honorable places in their, in, their, in their personality. But we also have our foibles. We also have our, our id. We also have like this unevolved kind of like figuring it out part of just what is being a human. And I feel like if you look at this person for the sound bites, if you look at this person for just the the visual, you will miss that that is an entirely complete human being having a human experience. And that maybe just maybe some of what you're seeing is fractured. And it's not completely representative of all of the circumstances of experience that made that woman who she is. Because I'm going to be transparent. There's probably a lot and I know that there is because there's something compelling about her that the world can't take their eyes off. And that's her anointing. Mm-hmm. Now, how she chooses to use that will be dependent upon her ability to pivot. But what, the, what I want to tell these young girls is you don't want to have to make a pivot when you can just walk the right way the first time. Right. You can see that the path that, that if you really want to be taken seriously as an artist, if you really want to be taken seriously as a talent, hell, if you want to be taken seriously as a woman in general, no matter how beautiful you are, you are going to have to value yourself in a way and conduct yourself in a way that allows you to have the best chances for success. And if you don't do that, you will be in a situation where you might be typecast or labeled, or like Brianna said, you'll, have, you'll give people the ability to take something from your past make an assessment and judge you based on what, based on something that, based on the person that they don't know today. There's, if you can, if I can Google your name and I can find all of this other salacious content, it gives me permission to dismiss your human experience. So don't give people permission to d- 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 dismiss your humanity when 
we already we already aren't even seen as humans. So now and no, and no shade, don't don't get it twisted for uh Sydney to be on any of those shows. You know there was a a, a de- decision making in the boardroom where they were saying no, we don't want this girl because this yes. and that and a third. Like you know, and you it's also know. a testament to her skill set that she's able to turn a no into a yes that way, right? Right. Because no shade, and this has given her all her tens. Bitch, there's something about you. And nothing that me and Brianna say on this podcast is shade. We're more unpacking the systems around what we see as sisters is impacting your rise to success. And it might just be people can't let go of what you've done in the past. And I want to encourage young girls to use her as a case study on how to maneuver because you can eat the fruit and get all the good out of Sydney and get all of the beautiful things out of her and get all of the talent and the ability to turn and get no into a yes, the ability to persevere through adversity, the ability to know that people are laughing at you and still carve out your own little niche and be seen and get your camera time. Bitch, I live. So this is not shade. Right. But eat that fruit, just like any fruit, you need to remember to spit out the seed. Because those are the things that may not even that are not that may not be nourishing and could hurt you if you eat them. Because those are the things in her personality that are just part of her growth. They're part of her life. They're part of the fruit that you're eating. So don't forget that everything about somebody doesn't mean you have to because you idolize someone doesn't mean you have to do everything that they do. And because we have intimate knowledge of the girls, particularly like the big girl, like everything is not always what it seems. Mm. And it's a lot of these girls on Instagram that have the look or have the thing, but you don't know what their real life is like, or you don't know, you know, everybody puts the image out to you of what they see. But because, you know, I'm in the legal profession and bitches have all types of legal problems, not just criminal you don't you like you don't know what somebody's walk is or what some somebody's struggle is. So you really, but again, that's something that comes with the beauty of aging and the beauty of context and just really being able to see the full picture and kind of lessening the reaction time from acting out of impulse or acting out of emotion. Which a lot of times, what ha- is what happens with these outing situations? It's like you're not really taking the time to see the full picture. Not only how this could affect you in the future, but also the world is not set up to protect us or per- to provide security mm. for us in the event that this goes left. Just like sis in Morocco is exposing herself to danger, we're not any better off here in the United States, especially in states where the, the trans panic defense is still a thing, or just these um, systems of depression or the police, that or they're, they're not here for us as trans folk. And even if we are in the right, even if we are in the wrong, there are systems in the place to make us wrong and to protect those people. So again, that comes with age and hindsight and context and really understanding that we are still on the beginning stages of creating foundation and creating a security for us. So I, I just, we should always be thinking with our safety and our well-being in mind. At all times, because no one else is. 
So I think we're going to end that topic here. And this is this will not be the last time we talk about this out in conversation. This will, no, this is because not... the next time, Brianna, real fast, I want you to unpack the, not, not not this one, but I think that's a worthy of its own, is the legal, and when we talk about the legal ramifications that affect us, the legal issues that affect trans people, I think when we bring it, when we have that conversation and that's going to be led by our resident legal professional, um, we I, I really want to unpack like like what's what you said was important like the fact that it's not just criminal things that we deal with there's also a a, a a whole other side to you outing someone and what that could mean for you legally right. so i think brianna next time we have that conversation i would love for you to bring that up too right so um like i said this is not the last time we have this conversation and hey if you have an opinion different than ours then let us know comment on the yeah. youtube page dm us when we go live on the instagram or the facebook make sure you comment or interact i'm pretty sure we'll do a live after this episode drops to really um talk about the episode and get your comments and interact so please um make sure you join the conversation and you're a part of the conversations but we're going to end this here for now we will see you guys next week bye bye love y'all <laughs> thank you for, for listening, listening to box, box number 512 and don't forget to subscribe and like all of our pages on social media and don't forget to subscribe so you can see what we'll stock on the shelf next week bye